0: So I tell him, like, hey, man, I think this guy is dead. And he, like, laughs, and I'm like, no, 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 I think this guy is dead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, welcome back to Cup of Gold with us, and I'm Hello. We are on episode 23.
0: Yes, we are. I thought I'd actually deliver on my promise to talk about when I found a dead body. Okay. It's not really that exciting, but why are you shaking your head?
1: Because it's not that exciting, but it sounds exciting.
0: that does sound exciting. So I used to do pest control, and part of that job was doing stuff for property managers going into apartments to do preventive maintenance, typically, so typically on a a monthly schedule. So this is a relatively new property or new customer, I should say the property wasn't new. It's a new customer and property manager is walking me around this apartment building and knocking on doors and letting me into all the apartments when people don't answer. And I go into one apartment thinking I'm heading into the kitchen, and I headed into what turned out to be the living room. And I noticed a man, well, there was a bed in the living room, and there was a man laying on the bed, and he was laying in a really strange position. He was on his back. His head was not up by the headboard. His head was hanging off the side of the bed, and there was this weird, dried fluid all on his shirt and his mouth, and like running down the bed. It was kind of a brownish color. And his his head was turned really strangely. His whole body, you know, it's just kind of contorted a little bit. And I could tell immediately something wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> Something's not right here. So of course I say, Sir.
1: <laughs>
0: hello, sir. I'm here with pest control. And he does not respond. Yeah. To and uh Take like another step or two towards him, and you know I could tell he he's gone. And I'm like, I'm like yelling at him, clapping my hands. And the the property manager, he's like out in the hallway or something, and I, I don't remember his name. So I tell him like, "Hey man, I think this guy is dead." And he like laughs, and I'm like, "No no no, I'm I think this guy is dead. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not getting like any his." Whole facial expression changed at that point. So he came in and he saw the guy, and immediately he called 911. And at this point, I'm just standing there listening to him on this, this phone call with the 911 operator, and I can only hear his side. And my favorite part was they, they clearly had asked him to either check his pulse or try some kind of CPR or something. Yeah. And I, you know, he, he explains the situation, and and then he's like, No, no. No, I can't do that. No, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like that was his response. So yeah, it wasn't. It, it, what was weird is he—he he must not have been dead that long. It didn't—it didn't smell bad in there. Yeah. And there were no. This was summertime, and and there were no flies in there. Typically, that's a very common sign that you know a uh, body's been decomposing as the flies come in to strip it clean. I only right. know that because dead uh, mice and rats I would deal with. You could always tell when. When flies had gotten in there, or they would, you know, you would find their little carapaces and and their little egg sacks and stuff they would leave behind. So, yeah, so well, that's my story, uh, just for you, Stacy.
1: Stacy, thanks for asking for that. <laughs> that's good. That's that's a good story. I actually have a new story this week. All right. That you pointed oh, out to me.
0: Oh, I don't want to. I don't want. I don't like this.
1: You pointed out to me, and then you told me you refused to
0: i just read the headline that was he enough you
1: refused to read it because it freaks you out so i have decided that i'm going to read it because if i read it on the podcast you have to hear it
0: that's messed up man that's an abuse of power
1: yeah yeah classic maggie <laughs> mom split like a banana after horror jet ski accident report says
0: split like a banana now when i think of that uh, i don't know what that means uh, other than like a banana peel the way you peel a banana. Or like literally just right down the middle. But I think of more of a wishbone when I think of that. So either one is horrifying and I don't really want to know the details, but here we go.
1: A 31-year-old mother is reportedly recovering in a Turkish hospital after undergoing two major operations this week to repair several internal organs that were damaged in a jet ski accident on the last day of vacation. Ashley Donnelly was said... Said she was, I'm sorry, said she was split in two like a banana on Monday after she fell off the water vehicle she was riding as a passenger and was blasted by the powerful jet. Donnelly, who was vacationing with her husband and teenage son, was reportedly sucked underneath the jet ski while it was being driven by her son's friend. Ah. The blast, quote, ripped her insides out. Jesus. In an interview with the Sun, family members claim they were unsure as to whether Donnelly will need a colostomy bag or if she will be able to have more children. They're also raising Jesus money. Christ. Ashley is in real agony. Stacey Kelly, Donnelly's sister, told, wow, she is like, they're so Irish, um, told the news outlet. She really wants to get back now for the children. She was just joking about it and how and and to make people feel better. But it's horrendous. What has happened to her? And she is so lovely. She's full of life and bubbly. Donnelly reportedly suffered a seven-inch tear from the blast that required hundreds of stitches. Quote, hundreds of stitches later, I'm in an intensive care, but I'm stable. She, t- she reportedly told family members, I have another operation today. It's going to be a very long road of recovery, but I'm alive and that's all that matters. My babies will have a mom and my husband will have a wife. That's S- it.
0: Seven inches? Seven inches. That's large, but that's not... It's Split enough to pull half? your
1: insides out. Yeah.
0: Okay. That oh wasn't God. as graphic as I thought it would be. It was much worse in my mind. Yeah. It was so much worse in my mind. Like the, the level of detail that was going to be in that news story. It's so much worse. <laughs> so I'm, that wasn't, so That was I mean, that's terrible. It's a horrible thing. I don't, I don't want that to happen to anybody, but yeah, that wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah. 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 It's not great.
0: I got, I got a news story too. And this one actually relates to, uh, episode we did a couple weeks ago okay so it turns Bring it out you're all
1: around back
0: yeah um you might remember i covered the 1987 cinematic masterpiece robocop right you remember
1: well i remember you covering i covered robocop yeah. i don't remember it being a cinematic masterpiece but oh well, right. yeah you
0: were like six you wouldn't know any better so anyway <laughs> yeah, go ahead and make a face <laughs> you would you're waiting for the care Bears movie you didn't you didn't give a shit about robocop
1: uh Smurf and the magic flute <laughs>
0: And the magic flute. Anyway, I I did that you know that super deep deep dive on the RoboCop movie, right? Just all the information. It was fantastic in in my mind. <laughs> I'm sure it was great. You're like
1: it was the best podcast I'm I've sure ever it was done. The
0: most bestest coverage that movie has ever received because <laughs> now they have confirmed they are making a sequel to it.
1: Oh, because they they listened.
0: Yeah, clearly listened somebody podcast. heard our podcast and was like, you know what? There's an audience for this. This deserves a shot. RoboCop never had a sequel. Let's do a sequel.
1: <laughs> RoboCop never had a sequel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. So, yeah, it, it actually did. It had a couple sequels. Yeah. And it's already had one remake. But what they're doing, <laughs> what they're doing is they're disregarding all that. Kind of like what they're doing with the new Terminator movie. The new Terminator movie that's coming out is a sequel to Terminator 2. Anything after Terminator oh. Terminator 2 oh. is disregarded.
1: Oh my heart!
0: Why <laughs> you think, ah. think of your favorite scene? Uh, oh, you remember when we were watching Ready Player One, and they had the Iron Giant in the movie. Yeah, I don't think Hank, this, is, this qualifies. This isn't a spoiler. a spoiler. So,
1: if you think it's a spoiler, I'm sorry.
0: Oh, it this is not really a spoiler. So, Iron Ready Player One has tons and tons of characters from across all different media, and it is really cool. It's just a bunch of little references here and there. Anyway, so the Iron Giant is in it, or uh, facsimile thereof. Iron Giant is recreated by one of the characters. Now, Ma- Maggie hates sad movies, and she thinks Iron Giant is a terribly sad movie. She will never watch because it again. Because it
1: is. like
0: and It's a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. And it is sad, but it's really good.
1: Super fucking sad.
0: So she saw sees Iron Giant in this movie, and she's immediately saddened. And then we see how Iron Giant meets its demise in the movie. And <laughs> just, just to kind of give a little double whammy, <laughs> just for Maggie... As as Iron Giant, uh, it, Iron Giant falls and it falls into like some lava or something, and so of course it gives the the thumbs up as it's going down. It gives
1: the motherfucking Terminator the thumbs up. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck you, fuck this
0: movie." <laughs> it's not a sad moment. It's a referential moment. It's not terribly sad. And The Iron Giant in this movie doesn't have any personality or anything. No, like that. No, no, no. So yeah, no. He's like, it's a really not right. a big he's deal. Just, he's just, it was just something really black. funny for me to to see, <laughs> to see Maggie react to that. I took a lot of joy in that. But anyway, back to I'm just going to read this article. Uh, Deadline broke this news um, on July 11th. All right, I'll just read it verbatim here.
1: Yeah, you do that.
0: MGM is developing a new installment of RoboCop and has set District 9 director Neil Blomkamp to helm the picture, which is which is titled RoboCop Returns. The studio hopes to revive a franchise that began with the Pil- Paul Verhoeven-directed satirical sci-fi action thriller that Orion released in 1987. Original writers Ed Neumeyer and Michael Miner are producing and exec-producing, respectively. Now, I talked about them, how they wrote the original movie, and... So they're they're back on in a production role, I think. And I I also said that they had a hand in the Robocop remake. But when I did, you know, more research after the fact, it turns out they just they got credit. The the writer's guild gave them credit because there were so many because of the similarities. And they they, they felt like the the new writer took enough from the original Robocop.
1: Yeah. They they deserve some writing
0: credit. But they, they I don't think they actually worked on it, though. So and then also I just told you how they're they're doing a new Terminator sequel. Well, that is being uh written by a guy named justin rhodes uh the, the terminator movie and justin rhodes is also doing this robocop sequel so they're both either going to be good or bad so yeah now the terminator movie is being uh it's being co-written with tim miller tim miller is also the director he's the guy who directed the first deadpool so it's in good hands so anyway so ed neumeyer michael meyer are are on board with this and let's and then neil blomkamp if you're not familiar uh they mentioned he did district nine he also did a movie called elysium and he did Chappie. I haven't seen Chappie. District 9 and Elysium are good. They're not great. They're not anything that I felt the need to watch more than once. They're good, solid movies, though. And one thing that I like is he's not afraid to have a political stance in his movies, which is important for RoboCop.
1: For RoboCop, yeah.
0: Yeah, because the last the last one didn't really have a, any kind of uh, strong political or, or corporate satire in it. The way the the original did which is one of the one of the things you need to make a really good robocop movie i believe so yeah this is very exciting uh neil blomkamp has said quote the original definitely had a massive effect on me as a kid i loved it then and it remains a classic in the end of 20th century sci-fi catalog with real meaning under the surface hopefully that is something we can get closer to in making of a sequel that is my goal here what i connected to as a kid has evolved over time at first the consumerism materialism and reaganomics that 80s theme of America on steroids came through most strongly. But as I've gotten older, the part that really resonated with me is identity and the search for identity. As long as the human component is there, a good story can work in any time period. It's not locked into a specific place in history. What's so cool about RoboCop is that like good Westerns, sci-fi films, and dramas, the human connection is really important to a story well told.
1: Which is what's missing from the new Star Wars.
0: Oh man, I I have so much more to say about the new Star Wars <laughs> all the time. I just thought I
1: would say. He's so trying,
0: trying to get me going. You said it. <laughs> it's my trigger word. You know, Star Wars. I'm, I'm just, say I'm just Wars. saying
1: that's what's missing from the new ones.
0: So yeah, strong characters. Yeah. Well, Human again,
1: connection. Yeah.
0: Again, well, they they're putting their political agenda before writing. Like that's that's their whole thing is just to point out how much better women are at everything in lieu of actually having a story to go with that that platform of women are the best, men suck.
1: This is going to be so hard to edit. What is wrong <laughs> with you? Why are you making it difficult to edit?
0: Because you don't have a response to what I just said.
1: My response is, don't fucking say that on the podcast. What? That's my response. You're talking about how women are, are just the best at everything and that's the stance that people are taking instead of actually developing them as characters. Yes, I don't need that. In the
0: movie. That's the Yeah. That's what they're that's what Kathleen Kennedy's pushing in, in Star Wars instead of yes, actually saying, Hey, let's you, write you mean- some care like you can have a strong female lead. That's not the problem. The problem is that it the their approach to it is is their strong female lead is is the best at everything no matter what, without explanation or reason. You know who's the
1: strong female? Who's that? Whatever the character's name who plays Wasp.
0: Yes, Evangeline Lily. I meant uh, the
1: character though, like whatever her name is.
0: No, oh, um, not the actress. I forgot her name.
1: Yeah, me too. I just called her Wasp. So she's yeah. strong. She's not really memorable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I should know her name. I can't. I can't believe but I can remember. But
1: she's she's fucking she's badass.
0: There's tons of uh, examples of,
1: of right. Strong I mean, I'm aware. Characters. We don't have to go through that.
0: Okay, but you're the one bringing it up. So
1: <laughs> no, you brought it up.
0: You brought up Star Wars. You brought yeah. up my trigger word. But
1: you took it there. <laughs>
0: Oh, actually, while we're while we're on that though, (laughs) while we're talking (laughs) about Star Wars, Wars. so
1: SpongeBob insert three hours later. (laughs) I just
0: want to I just want to distance myself from the toxic Star Wars fan base, though, whose whole agenda is seems to be just pure like misogyny, where they're just they're just angry at the fact that there's a woman in charge of Lucasfilm. They're angry at the fact that there's a woman in the lead role. Like, I have to separate them because that's that's not my issue. My issue is is the you know, the stories It's just having the right people in, in those places. And I don't have an, an issue with the actress, Daisy Ridley. I have an issue with the writing.
1: I think I might have an issue with the actress because I didn't like her in Murder on the Orient Express either.
0: They always cast her as like a bitchy yeah. character, but I'm sure she has more range than that. Most actors do. It's kind of.
1: I don't know if I was an it's actor. It's hard because I be like I, I
0: do that when when I see a character again go, going back to RoboCop when I saw Kurtwood Smith as Clarence Boddicker like that's who I had never seen him in anything else. Right. So that's who he, that's who he was to me, you know. And then you see him as Red, Red or whatever in that seventy show. And there's there's honestly little you know he kind of a a dickish character on that, but he's, he's a not huge
1: dick on that. But he's, but he's funny, not terrifying, no. you
0: know, like he was in RoboCop. So it, it it's always weird when you see some like when you see an actor in their very first role, like the first thing I remember seeing Brad Pitt in was True Romance and he just played a stoner on the couch. So to me, you know, Brad Pitt was stoner on the couch guy, you know, for for a long time. And then you start seeing him in other oh, stuff. Oh,
1: you mean like when Kiefer Sutherland played the the baby rapist or whatever in that Sally Field's movie that I don't remember the name of anymore yeah. but he like raped her daughter and then he was going to rape her other daughter and her daughters were like 6 and 7 like he was like raping Jesus. children. So now Kiefer Sutherland is a rapist. Yeah, in, in your mind head. that's yeah. all you know him as. So an is because... 24 I'm like, "Why would you want him involved in anything? He rapes children."
0: So that could just be testament to the acting ability of Daisy Ridley also, or in Kiefer Sutherland.
1: Kiefer Sutherland, doesn't he doesn't he also play like a total scumbag in that other movie with Brook Shields
0: movie with Brooke Shields
1: Freeway, is that what it's called?
0: Brook Shields is in that. I just remember She's Reese Witherspoon. She's Canada. his wife. Oh, okay, yeah, free. Yeah, he does play a yeah. scumbag, he's a yeah. big bad wolf so, in that movie.
1: I don't mean to, I'm not trying. It's a
0: great movie, yeah. I'm not but trying. But he's done other stuff. I mean, well, he played a bad guy in The Lost Boys, but you know, I've never seen The Lost Boys. He's also the Jack Bauer in 24, the hero. He's like, he's on some show now called designated survivor and, or something i like rape that. and
1: kill your children no
0: he, he's he, that's not what he does i just think
1: that would be the perfect role for him if they had a show <laughs> called that if he was on like svu but as the baby rapist
0: As the baby right now you're thinking of the lead singer of lost profits that's uh, the baby rapist
1: <laughs> all right anyway but yeah anyway intro. what i was doing was
0: i was trying to separate myself from the Every fan base has a toxic element and the larger the fan base, the larger the toxic element. You know, we heard a lot about the Rick and Morty one at one point, And the Star Wars one is 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 obviously huge and very vocal on the Internet. And they've actually ran the poor girl who played Rose Trico, who's a terrible character. I mean, I get it, but I can separate the actor Why from do you the know character name. I know all the Star Wars characters. You know that. That's it. I don't. It, what's funny, though, is I don't know the actor's name, <laughs> but I, I don't know her name either. <laughs> but so she plays this totally pointless uh, characters whose agenda is just to save the animals and, you know, this other political stupid. And again, I'm on board with saving the animals. It just doesn't need to be in my Star Wars movie. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what Star Wars is here for. It's not here for political agendas. But so they ran her off of social media, basically, like, by yeah, just no, a just, constant just being assault,
1: just being fucking dicks to her. And, and that's there's no up. reason for that. No.
0: It, again, not only Listen,
1: I don't like her character either, but she's probably a fine person.
0: Right. You don't attack the actor. You don't attack anybody, though. Like, I mean, I know I say stuff on the podcast. I don't want anybody's <laughs> career to tank or I just want people to make better choices. I want Kathleen <laughs> Kennedy to say, you know what? We need to get better scripts in here. We need to get better directors. We need to we need to we need to get back on track, get Star Wars back to what it was. I don't want anybody to get fired or sacked or whatever. Well, I'm
1: fine with like Ben Affleck. He can get sacked. <laughs> That's fine. I'm fine with that.
0: Oh, Ben Affleck apparently isn't going to play Batman in the next it's Batman movie. Because of it. his
1: back tattoo. They were like, Batman would have never got that <sighs> terrible dragon back tattoo.
0: I think it's due to the this this fan base, you know, and I'm no fan of the DC movies for the most part. But I really like him as Batman.
1: Yeah, you have terrible taste. Though. And
0: no, that's—I mean, I know you think that, but you're somebody who doesn't have taste, so you wouldn't know.
1: <laughs> I have taste. <laughs> no, <laughs> I do. I have so much taste. Yeah, you, tons and tons of taste buds.
0: Your favorite album is was, was Lit, right? Was that Lit album? <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker! I liked
1: this album in like '97 or '98. Like it's the 98.
0: only CD you own still.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I liked it then. Anyway,
0: But yeah, Ben Affleck might not get to be Batman again, which that's sucks. fine.
1: I'm fine with that.
0: You would be fine with that. You can go
1: get more terrible. Did you even watch or... Justice League? No.
0: No. You, you want to see Aquaman? No. We we have to go see Aquaman just so we just for a podcast topic, if nothing else. Mm. And maybe maybe like like the solo movie, maybe it, it will change our minds. Maybe it'll be so good that we'll we'll have to talk, you know, speak highly of it. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I didn't think that about the solo movie either, and it turns out I liked it. Okay. I don't know. I if like you... being pleasantly surprised. However, I really fucking hate Aquaman. I hate the I I've never liked that character since I was a little kid.
1: I always think of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Like yeah, I don't think yeah. of
0: <laughs> That's that's pretty accurate.
1: Yeah, that's what that's what I think of. I mean, Mermaid that's... Man and Barnacle Boy.
0: Mermaid Man is is based on Aquaman. You don't so, say. So it makes sense.
1: All right, good. So twenty minute intro, that good? Is that good?
0: <laughs> Just hey us guys, rapping Just rapping here.
1: Thanks for uh, sticking with us through all that. So this week I'm going first again because I have a really interesting story and I really want to tell it like super bad. So I'm going I'm going first.
0: And I have no idea what it is. You kick me out of the room anytime you've been doing research.
1: It's so interesting and I've been watching it. I watched a, a documentary on it called Tabloid. Is it on Netflix? Yes, it's on Netflix. It's by Errol Morris. It's from 2010. And then I did some actual research on it. And it's so interesting. It's just like, just like fucked up and interesting. It's no murder, but it is true crime. So it starts with Joyce McKinney. She's our main character. And she was born in August of 1949 in North Carolina. She was a beauty queen. She's blonde. She's petite. She's a small girl and she didn't start dating until she was 17. She attended accelerated schooling and she was rumored to have an IQ of 168. Wow. She's she's a bright girl. Yeah. So, to preface the story, I am retelling things I have seen. These are this isn't libel, this isn't slander. Joyce McKinney <laughs> has a has a history of suing people.
0: Oh. So is that how it works? Like, do you just say be, before you you say anything derogatory? Can you just say this is not libel or slander, and then say whatever the fuck you want? Like, kind it, of. You have to works? say like
1: allegedly and stuff too. But yeah, because you're just retelling things that you've read. Like I'm retelling the movie, and I'm retelling articles I read. Yeah, I'm not. This is not me. This is not my. No. When we go into our opinions, you no, know, this, that this could is be like different. at the end
0: of movies when they earths at the beginning sometimes, like They're the like, opinions of the people in this do not reflect
1: Reflect, whatever whatever yeah okay so Joyce McKinney born in 1949 while at school her professor told her about a group of people he thought she would really enjoy hanging out with because they were really straight laced and Joyce was really straight laced she was very like she was very very goody goody which is hilarious when you hear the whole story but her professor introduces her to this group of young adults, and she immediately takes a liking to one named Kirk. She didn't realize that they were Mormons. Oh. So a little bit about Mormons. Mormons are a religious and cultural group related to Mormonism. It's the principal branch of the Latter-day Saint movement of the Restorationist Christianity initiated by Joseph Smith in upstate New York during the 1820s. In 1823, Smith said an angel directed him to a buried book written on golden plates containing the religious history of an ancient people. Smith published what he said was a translation of these plates in March of of 1830, and it was called the Book of Mormon, named after Mormon, an ancient prophet historian who compiled the book for him. In 1831, the church moved to Kirtland, Ohio, now I'm taking a pause here because if you are an early listener, episode one, which can only be found on our website podcast dot com right now, it's not streaming anywhere else. But episode one, I cover the the what was it called? I don't know. It was it was a branch to Latter Day Saints. Yeah, and it was a Kirtland cult killing. Right in Kirtland, Ohio.
0: I remember that. I was there for that. Yeah, you were well, there. For I was that. there for the podcast. Yeah, not for the event.
1: I was there for the event, kind of afterwards. Yes, you were. That was
0: family activities. So in 1831,
1: the church moved to Kirtland, Ohio, where missionaries had made a large number of converts. Smith began establishing an outpost, and he moved to Jackson County, Missouri, which is funny because that's the other location in this. He moved from Missouri to Kirtland. Okay. the, the, The guy who killed all the people. He eventually planned to build the city of Zion or New Jerusalem, but in 18... 33 Missouri settlers were alarmed by all these these mormons and they kicked them out
0: <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 were, fucking mormons, they were man. like i don't know
1: what's going on here so they moved to clay county where the residents were more welcoming so yep, we
0: got a real mormon problem guys <laughs>
1: the the uh after smith had led this mission to zion's camp to recover his land he began bur- building the kirtland temple in lake county ohio and that's where the church flourished the all of that is in our first episode yeah. so that's the backstory of how that got there the Curland era ended in 1838 after the failure of church sponsor sponsor All right.
0: I don't know if you're going to get into this or if we've already talked about this but the 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 founder guy was the name Joseph Joseph Smith Joseph Smith he just he just said hey I found golden plates and I translated them and people were just like oh cool what do they say <laughs> how is that applicable to my life <laughs> Yes. That's how that works. Yes. Maybe in simpler times, I guess. I, 18, I feel like 18, it would be 30. a lot harder to start a cult now. Like that anyway. I wouldn't call
1: the Church of Latter-day Saints a cult, but it is.
0: Well, that's it's true very, because the founder is dead.
1: Right. Correct. That's the so difference that's between the a cult difference. and a church. <laughs> so anyway, Curl and Era ended, blah, blah, blah. They in the fall of 1838, tensions escalated into a, quote, Mormon war with Missouri
0: war with with Missouri settlers. (laughs) what does that look like? On October 27th. I don't know why, but like I picture the losers hoisting their golden underwear (laughs) in the air (laughs) as a sign of surrender.
1: On October 27th, the governor of Missouri ordered that all Mormons must be treated as enemies and be exterminated or driven from the state.
0: Wow. Yeah. What
1: year was that? 1838. What were they doing? Loving one another. Like, I don't know. (laughs)
0: Like, good God.
1: Loving one another and not working on Sundays. And they were like, (laughs) fuck that guy. Between November and April, some 8,000 displaced Mormons migrated to Illinois. After Smith's death in 1844, Mormons followed Brigham Young to what would become Utah. Today, most Mormons are understood to be members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, LDS. So just a little bit more backstory before we get back to Joyce. Isolation in Utah has allowed Mormon to create a Mormons to create a culture of their own. So they have spread their faith around the world and they convert like a ton of people. They go on these missions, which I'll talk about later and they convert like there are more Mormons out of the U S than there are in, even though it was started by some dude in New York. There's, there's a whole bunch about what Mormons are that I pulled, but Mormons are just like they don't they're not bad people like they're they just are like, you know, don't drink coffee or whatever and don't work on Sundays. Yeah. Mormons self identify as Christians, although non Mormons considered Mormons to be non Christians. And some of their beliefs do come or they do differ from mainstreams, but they do believe in the Bible as well as the Book of Mormon. And they do believe that all people are spirit children of God. Mormons believe that returning to God requires to follow the example of Jesus Christ and accepting atonement through ordinances such as baptism. And they believe that the church was restored through Joseph Smith and is guided by living prophets and apostles. Okay, so keep all that in mind. They really believe that who they are and who the people in their church, that they actually matter. Like there's a real future there. Okay. I
0: think that's most churches and religions though, isn't it?
1: Yeah. But they especially do. I'll talk about it a little bit more later. Okay. But they really believe that they're gonna like be given their own planet and like all kinds of fun stuff.
0: Well, it's kinda like heaven, you know, believe people believe in heaven.
1: You get to be a god in this religion when you die, if you do yeah. it right.
0: Well, isn't that kinda like I mean, they say heaven's a perfect place where No, I I don't forever, think at any point and... though I get
1: to be a god ever. Ever.
0: Well like what we kind of Godlike powers, powers, powers of creation. They have magic underpants. I don't.
1: Anyway, getting back to Kirk Anderson. And this is where the story is actually good. That was just some backstory on Mormonism. So that way we're all on the the same page as to where things are going in the story. Joyce McKinney described him as beautiful with blue eyes, a nice smile and clear skin. However, news outlets described him as a 300 pound dumpy, six foot three unattractive man. Joyce became obsessed with Kirk, and they fell in love fast, planning to marry and have children. When Kirk took Joyce home to meet his mother, his mother disapproved, commenting on her quote beauty pageant figure. They decided because,
0: because she mother, wasn't obese. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: his mom was obese, and it, it was um, yeah. And Kirk is a lump, from what I from what I've read. He was not anything. That's
0: is that like a thing with extremely religious.
1: Right, Moms to be plain. Where, well, well, I just mean to actually not
0: want something good for your child.
1: Part of Mormonism is to be is to be modest. Right. And she she was anything but modest. Oh. I mean, she was she was straight lay. she wasn't doing anything. Right. But she wasn't modest.
0: But typically though, and again, just from my own experience, the people who are part of a religion like that, their version of modest is not
1: ridiculous. bettering yourself.
0: Well no, no, it's mm-hmm. just no, it's just really it's like wearing a curtain. You know what I mean. It, yeah. It's like it's a like she probably was probably just wearing normal clothes, and but they fit. You know what right. I mean. Just a simple thing, like just like the fact that you properly. could see her figure, right? When instead Mormons of having, were wearing, you are looking like they're wearing a potato sack or whatever. Right.
1: Exactly, exactly. I agree with you on that. So. They decided to get married anyway, and the biggest point of contention was whether to marry in the Christian church, which is what Joyce wanted, or the Mormon church, which was obviously what Kirk wanted and his family wanted. So one day, Joyce wakes up, and Kirk is gone. He disappeared. He had left all of his stuff at her house. He was missing. Hmm. So Joyce then moved to L.A., and, and according to her account, she worked for three jobs to save enough to hire a private investigator so she could find him and okay. get him back. So the PI found Kirk on a Mormon mission in England.
0: Oh, wait. So I, I was thinking, like, she killed him or something, and that was her story, because then she's no. up and moves to L.A. And he's she's like, oh, he's gone. I guess we'll move to L.A. <laughs> that's that's right. what it sounds like.
1: Right? No. So I mentioned before that LDS is one of the most the most active modern pro- practitioners of missionary work yeah they have 70,000 full-time missionaries worldwide at the end of 2016 as well as 33,000 part-time church service missionaries so lds church president spencer kimball he said that every young man should fill a mission completing a mission is often described as a rite of passage for a young latter-day saint the phrase the best two years of my life is a common cliche among missionaries when describing their experience it's it's not required, but it normally happens between the ages of 18 and 20, and it's a traditional marker of adulthood in the church. Okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When Kirk disappeared, he was 19. Okay. So he was right in the missionary age group. Joyce says he vanished into thin air, right? Well, other accounts say that Joyce knew exactly what was going on. She knew he was going on a mission. But Joyce was like, No, he's gone forever. I'm going to move to L.A. and save some money. So Joyce has this friend. I don't know if they're still friends. She had a friend named Keith May. Keith was clearly infatuated with her. Like every account, nobody says different. He did whatever she wanted. And once Joyce found out that Kirk was in England, she asked Keith to help her assemble a team to go and get Kirk back. So in 1977, they hired Jackson Shaw as a pilot and some guy from Gold's Gym named Gil for muscle (laughs) yeah his name is Gil.
0: it's like the beginning of the a-team or something right (laughs) what is this
1: jackson recounted his first meeting with joyce and said that she wore a completely see-through blouse with no bra and she flashed around cash and to explain her massive amounts of money well that's not very modest
0: if that's true
1: (laughs) she's not she's not a mormon
0: i know but i'm just saying like earlier i was saying oh well you know you can just wear normal clothes and religious people would be like oh, she's so immodest
1: well yeah if you wear clothes that shows your show your nipples right if you're but if you're literally modest. wearing
0: see-through shirts with no bras like well
1: i could see <laughs> i could see that I could see where the mom would get upset <laughs> well this was she was trying to woo jackson into working for her so she was using her sexuality <laughs> so she flashed around cash and to explain the money she told him she was a model and he was like in the documentary he goes i don't know models made that kind of cash <laughs> Guess it depends what kind of model you are. So the four of them left from LAX to England, and at customs, Gil, the bodybuilder, was pulled aside and he was questioned because he was like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm a bodyguard," and they were like, "For who?" and it just freaked him out. Like nothing came of it, but it, it scared him. And once they got to England, Joyce started unpacking. They said she brought thirteen bags with her. They were like, "She had so Jesus many bags, yeah." So she starts unpacking and she pulls out like spy devices
0: spy devices. like listening
1: devices like
0: like Ooh, i had some i had some spy gear toys Well, like this that. was
1: 77 so it might have been the same stuff but
0: spy tech that's what it was spy tech toys
1: so she pulls out all this stuff and gill freaks the fuck out and is like i don't understand what we're doing i'm leaving and literally got on the plane and went back to the united states was like no i don't want any part of this right so now they're down to just joyce keith and jackson the pilot all right So the spy stuff turned out to be so that Jackson and Keith could go investigate the three suspected locations where Kirk might be. And then Joyce could hear from the car because she didn't want to get out because she knew that they knew what she looked like. Yeah. Especially if he was like truly swooped up to get him away from like, you know, then they really know what she looks like. And they're probably on high alert. So Joyce would wear a wig and sunglasses when she was near the site. So
0: involved already. I
1: told you. This is insane. This is so weird this story is insane. Just to
0: go get some dude you used to fuck.
1: So she was in she was always in disguise whenever she was near any of the locations that he might be at because she didn't want to be spotted. So when they're sitting outside one of the stakeout churches, two guys in suits came out. You know what what missionaries look like, right? Like the local missions. Have you seen you them? Like Jehovah's the, Witness look the like ties. them. Yeah. They
0: wear like a tie and a backpack.
1: Yeah. And they're all they just look like clean cut people. Yeah. So they come out and Joyce says to Jackson that one of the men is Kirk. And Jackson noted that Kirk didn't look like he was there against his will. He didn't seem to be captive with, you know, the Mormon church or whatever. Yeah. According to Jackson, this is when Joyce leveled with him. She showed him chloroform and a, faked gun, a fake gun. And this freaked Jackson out so bad that he left They went back to the United States as well.
0: What? The <laughs> he was I like, I'm not trying hell? to kidnap
1: anyone. I thought we were saving someone, you know? Yeah. But much like everything in the story, what happened next has differing accounts. So one of the accounts is from the news outlets. And they say that that Joyce and Keith arrived the next day at the LDS temple to wait for Kirk. When he arrived, Keith approached Kirk, pointed a gun at him and told him to go get in the car. The second account, which is what Joyce says happened, is that Joyce and Keith arrived. Keith told Joyce to stay in the car and then she went to talk or he went to talk to Kirk. He told Kirk that Joyce was outside waiting for him, and then Kirk made an excuse for to his companion because they travel in twos. There's two right. of them. They travel in Paris. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, he made an excuse to his companion and then followed Kirk out, like followed Kirk out, willingly okay. to the car. Joyce alleges that when Kirk got in, he was a different person, like he had been brainwashed. By all accounts, however, they, they then drove 250 miles away to a cottage in Devonshire. Of course, um, again, different accounts of what happens next news outlets say that he was blindfolded tied spread eagle to a bed and then raped for 3 days
0: what by who joyce with what
1: a vagina <laughs> <laughs> that's what she has okay
0: but i don't <laughs> <laughs> understand okay but the, the logistics shit. of that i never understood okay. like male rape cuz like you have to get hard to well, participate what's
1: funny is that and typically
0: has, under stress that's hard to do
1: so so she said <laughs> One of the questions Errol Morris asks her on the documentary is, "Do you believe in in you know a female can rape a male?" And she's like, "No, it's trying to put a marshmallow in a parking meter. It doesn't work." <laughs> that's what she <laughs> said.
0: Right though, like but okay,
1: I, but that's what the news outlets report.
0: Okay, that's why I said with what because you you can mean a woman can rape. you know, Oh yeah, oh yeah, I all, could
1: shove a, I could shove like a rolling pin up your butt, right? Like yeah, I could shove a, a screwdriver all kinds of things <laughs> up yeah. your butt. But like that's what the news outlets are reporting and then joy says it was mutual she said that they got to the cabin she cooked his favorite foods for him he really liked fried chicken they danced he asked for a back rub and then she went to give him a back rub and that's when she found his temple garments which are the magic underwear that everybody talks about ah. and she said that she was so disgusted that she ripped him off of him and threw him in the fireplace
0: <laughs> hmm.
1: so temple garments have multiple purposes I don't know. Have you seen pictures of temple garments? They're like no. they're like old timey bathing suits where they come down that's like what mid, I picture. Yeah, where they come down mid thigh. The women they it's kind of like, like suspenders a suspenders or anything. No, it's no. a shirt. It's a shirt. It's for men. It's a it's an undershirt. Is it like a onesie. Yes, it's oh an undershirt. God. So it's and designed
0: like, to keep people virgins.
1: Yes, that's the point of it. That's but
0: because if you see that, you're like, I don't want to have sex with this person.
1: It's supposed to be a constant reminder of the covenants they've made in the temple.
0: Just to remind but, women. Not to have sex with you. <laughs> That's what it's for. Well, women
1: are busy wearing this, that the their version, which is white, and kind of looks like Spanx, like a Spanx bodysuit, except no slit for your vagina, like the Spanx bodysuits have. And no, do you know that? They have a yeah. pee hole. And not tight. It's, like, loose. It's, like, loose fitted. But part of the temple garments, like, shtick, is that they protect you from evil. Yeah. So it's not just about, like... Not having sex or whatever—it's about like you know not being I seduced by. I think it's just by- about sex. Oh well, yeah, I think so too. But that's not the that's not the stick. So, Joy stated that all this Mormon brainwashing had made Kirk impotent, and she was trying to have sex with him, and she, she she couldn't. So he sat upright and he began chanting about Joseph Smith, like by the name of Joseph Smith. Like she does the <laughs> chant. It's very interesting. And then Joyce was like, "Okay, let's just eat." And then she decided to go get a book on how to assi- assist an impotence because this was before the internet, so you couldn't just Google it.
0: <laughs> how to assist in impotence? So she the, read this book. Like, she really wants to have sex with this. She guy. really wants.
1: She wants. She loves this guy. She never married. Like she loves this guy. So the book suggested tying a man up so that way he can't do anything. Like he can. He can just relax and lay back and just enjoy like and just give in gotcha so according to joyce she did that and then they had sex on and off for the next three days Kirk said, well, I guess we're married now in God's eyes. So let's go make it official.
0: <laughs> so Kirk was like, I guess we're married now. <laughs> like I put my thing in your thing. We're married. That's, what, that's how He's it like, works.
1: So, so let's go make it official. So they drove into London and they decided to have burgers real quick beforehand at the Hard Rock Cafe. Because remember when that was like a big deal and now it's lame.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I've never been to a Hard Rock Cafe.
1: We were at Rocksino is a hard rock cafe.
0: I've only been to one hard rock cafe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Joyce was waiting for a table. Kirk said, hey, I'm going to run across the street and go grab a newspaper. And he comes back and he slams the paper on the table and was like, look, his abduction story was on the front page of the newspaper. Mormon abducted like huge, huge, huge news. Hmm. So Kirk starts freaking out because he, he just d-
0: found out he was kidnapped. He just found out. He, he didn't know. He didn't know.
1: He starts freaking out. He didn't want to. Shit! T- I think I've been kidnapped. <laughs> like you guys.
0: <laughs> you
1: guys are calm now. Turns out I've been kidnapped.
0: What do we do? Well,
1: he's all like, he he wants to tell them that he's fine and that he left on his own free will. But he's also freaking out because he is he's not brainwashed, but he is like you know he grew up in this church, right? And he's been taught not to have sex and he's had sex and he's like, oh, God, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm sure he didn't say, oh, God, because that's blasphemous. But yeah. so he doesn't want to tell the church about the sex, but he, he did want to get married. So they went to a payphone, and Kirk and Joyce called Joyce's father and Kirk asked for her hand in marriage. And then Kirk called his mom and told her that, you know, he's fine and they're going to get married. And she like lost her shit, you know? Yeah. Kirk was like. All right, I'm going to fix all this. I'm going to go show him I'm okay.
0: And are these facts you're telling or are these point of view?
1: This is Joyce's retelling. There is no other account of this.
0: Oh, that's weird.
1: He was, Kirk was very tight-lipped about it. Like, I'll read you a quote from trial, but he didn't share anything.
0: Oh, so he didn't get killed. It didn't end in her murder. No,
1: it's not. It's true crime and not murder. Okay. So Kirk told Joyce, he's like, I'm going to go fix all this. I'm going to show him I'm okay, and that way you're not going to be in any trouble. And he had to get on a train because she had taken him 250 miles away, so she had a, he had to get on a train to go back to the place. Well, next thing, the news explodes with the story that Kirk had called the police, told him he was kidnapped, was huh. driven to a cabinet, cabinet, he was <laughs> driven to a cabinet all the way to a cabin, and then he was tied up. But taking part in all of this, willingly Kirk risked excommunication as well as not becoming a God and getting his own planet. (laughs) So
0: i to lose my planet. I
1: don't want to lose my planet. Here's the quote. I actually, I looked up like, where does it say that you get your own planet kind of thing? Yeah. The quote is, then will they become gods. They will never cease to increase and to multiply worlds without end. When they receive their crowns, their dominions, they then will be prepared to frame Earths unlike ours and to people them and to people them in the same way. Okay. In the same so they, man- yeah,
0: they can create and stuff.
1: Yeah. In the, in the same that's manner so that has weird. been brought forth by our parents and by our father and God. This comes from Brigham Young's Journal of Discourse.
0: This, that's just this is so weird because, you know, you were talking about like modesty and humility. Uh, it's, it's weird that anybody would even want to be a god right if you if your whole goal is to be humble and and all that kind of stuff but also you're just like wait wait till i'm a god just wait you motherfuckers wait
1: just wait till i'm a god man i'm not gonna make anyone that looks like you (laughs) so while in hiding joyce got a call from her answering service because it was the 70s and that's how people got calls and it was from kirk saying you know, call him right away. He had the church off his back. He was ready to meet. They were able to get married and go on. And she's all like,
0: "I fixed it. I called, just told him you kidnapped me. Right? I it's all good it. now. I
1: fixed it. It's all better.
0: <laughs> we're good so, to get married, babe." <laughs> so
1: she called him, and she was like, "Don't say, you know, don't say anything." And she was like, "You know, where do you want to meet?" And like she, like they said, they set up a meeting, but the phone line was tapped. So even if he, you know, hadn't said anything, yeah. So. She, she's all excited. She's, like, got her wedding dress. They've got wedding rings. She's on her way to the meeting place to get married. And the police meet her there and arrest her.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. She's in jail for three months.
0: Was Kirk there?
1: <laughs> he, no, Kirk he was not there. didn't show up. No, he didn't show up. What a douche. Yeah. He was in jail. She was in jail for three months. And from jail, she sent a letter to the press trying to say her side of the story. So when her hearing came, everyone showed up. Like, all the media showed up. You know, it's yeah. the 70s, there's not much going right. on. So she took the stand, and by all accounts, she just mesmerized the public. She told them that she, for the love of Kirk, she would she would fly down the or she would ski down Mount Everest naked with a carnation up her nose. Or something like stupid. Like yeah. something really, really hyperbolic. And everyone just loved her. They just thought yeah. she was funny and sweet.
0: She had a personality.
1: Yeah. So Kirk takes a stand and the barrister is like, was the sex willing or unwilling? And he replies, it's unwilling. And the barrister says all seven times. And Kirk replied, I was less willing after the third time. (laughs) I was less unwilling after the third time. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this fucking guy. Yeah. So Joyce is released on bail and she became like an instant celebrity. She attended the U.K. premiere of Saturday Night Fever. She was hanging out with John Travolta. Like, <laughs> nice. she was she was popular. Then she and Keith disappeared. They had gotten fake passports. They had gotten, like, the Social Security numbers of some dead people and had passports so made up.
0: She's still all about this dude. Wait, wait. What's his name? Kirk. Oh, you Kirk. said Keith. Yes,
1: she and Keith disappeared.
0: Sorry.
1: They had gotten fake pass because they were both charged. Gotcha. So... They got these fake passports with these dead people's social securities, and they boarded a plane to Canada and they pretended to be deaf mutes. So that way they couldn't communicate. Wow. They didn't have translators. So they were just like, "Okay, bye. And they just let her go. Once she was safely back in the United States, she called the Express, which is a UK tabloid. And she sold an interview to them for 40,000 pounds. The interviewer came to the US to see her. They met in a hotel lobby and she told her side of the story. And that's what they printed. Like the Express did, you know they didn't double cross her. Like they printed her stuff. Meanwhile, the Daily Mirror is the other competing right. tabloid. Yeah. And they were they went to her ex boyfriend, who was in L.A. and actually had her dog, her dog Millie. But he gave up pictures. He told them she used to be a call girl and put out ads, and it was like BDSM ads, and like nude back rub ads and wrestling ads, like nude. So
0: he's trying to just down her so he just starts
1: yeah and he picks then surfaced of all of the things the ads her nude wrestling in fetish gear
0: yeah but he didn't i mean she must have hurt him man like so that's fucked up
1: so then it becomes like everyone's talking about her because it's the 70s so that's not that common right. but nowadays nobody really cares right like they literally wrote boring ass books about it that like i can't even make it through i made a movie about it and i was like i thought that was just normal sex like <laughs> i didn't even know that was
0: you know I, 50 shades of gray yeah
1: the second one i was like is that is that supposed to be crazy because it doesn't seem crazy i do
0: love that you you When you told me you went to see that with your friends and they were all excited and you were just like, that just looks like normal sex to me. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what kind of sex you guys are
1: having, but step your shit up. (laughs) But but she was never extradited back to the UK, so she never actually faced her charges when she was out on bail. They didn't press it. She didn't press it. Seven years later, 1984, she's arrested for stalking charges because she was following Kirk to work. She,
0: She is still about this dude.
1: What? So she ends up after, after that arrest. She's distraught. She's housebound. She's trying to write a book about her experiences. She's got severe agoraphobia. And she buys a huge guard dog named Tough Guy because occasionally there would still be a reporter. And her whole town hated her, you know, because they Jeez. all had heard of her and they were all judgmental as fuck. Right. So she buys Tough Guy, who is a Pitbull Mastiff Bulldog mix. Hmm.
0: Sounds like a giant Pitbull.
1: Sounds like <laughs> a giant ass dog. And the dog got stung by a bee. Had to go on prednisone.
0: <laughs> Joyce get the medical claims, of Tough Guy. But
1: listen, Joyce claims that because everyone in her neighborhood hated her so much that they filled Tough Guy's prescription incorrectly, and it made her dog go mad. They gave him a too high of a dose of prednisone, and prednisone is fucking brutal. Like yeah, that's not it's a joke. A steroid, right? Yeah. So Tough Guy lost his shit. He attacked her. He bit off three of her fingers on one of her hands. He ripped her out of her intestines. Jesus Christ. And he was mauling her in her front yard when she started screaming for her other dog, whose name is Booger. So <laughs> she's calling for Booger and Booger jumped in. Booger's a pitbull. Booger jumps in, pulls off Tough Guy. Tough Guy dies. Booger, she recovers. Booger recovers. Like
0: Booger killed Tough Guy? Yeah. Holy shit.
1: So Booger became her service dog. She taught him how to, like, open doors. She taught him how to, like, open the fridge and this get This story cop. is
0: nuts, dude.
1: I told you it was. So Booger died of cancer in 2006, and she was distraught. She was like, take me with you, which is how I feel like I'm going to be with my dogs. So right. she reaches out to R&L Bio Company to have Booger cloned. Oh, nice. They took a tissue sample from Booger's belly, and they flew it over to Korea. Dr. Han... Who was in charge of cloning called to say that the host dog, who like looked like Sam, was just like this weird tan dog and like not not at all a pit bull in any way, um, was pregnant. So Joyce flew over to to Korea for the birth, and there were five booger clones. Jesus. So she ended up giving live birth to five boogers. <laughs>
0: <And> <laughs> well, there's our episode title.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she
0: ended up giving birth to five boogers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Guess what the cost was for that?
0: If you like a per dog?
1: Well, no, because it's only the one cost. You just get however many. It's oh, like it's
0: like a hundred thousand, right?
1: It's one hundred fifty thousand back then. At the news conference, because this was a big deal, they have five live births. Yeah. Booger <laughs> booger births. <laughs> she named them all like Booger Bob, Booger Sam, Booger like she named them all like Booger something. Booger I would something.
0: retire the name Booger.
1: <laughs> so anyway. She, she, at the news conference, she was trying to lay low still, and she went by her middle name. But quickly, everyone who had ever met Joyce or read about her and like knew exactly who she was because she looked the same. I mean, she might be 30 years older, but she looks yeah. essentially the same. And she claimed, um, Joyce claims, that all of the proof of what actually happened was stolen from her. That's why her book never came out. And then Errol Morris, who made that documentary I was telling you about called Tabloid... Joyce McKinney is in this. She gives her side of the story. And then she immediately, once it came out, she sued him, saying that he didn't tell the story correctly. Hmm. She has a history of lawsuits, according to Errol Morris. Er, Errol Morris. But in the end, Errol won. So she had signed the form. She did everything. That's the story of Joyce McKinney. I mean, it's not the end of the story. She's still alive. But
0: where does she live now? North Carolina. That's crazy. Yeah. So she's like a crazy stalker lady. She
1: seems sweet. I mean, I'm not saying that she might not have some issues. Yeah. But when you watch the interview, she seems sweet. And she said she's like, dogs and children just love me. And I'm like, you seem like someone dogs and children would love. You know, (laughs) I'm not saying she's not she doesn't have her own issues, but she really does seem like a sweet lady. It was a fucking banana story. I watched that. I watched that documentary and i was like now everybody has to know the story because i can't possibly be the only person to know about it
0: yeah that's crazy
1: i know so what's your shit
0: (laughs) my shit so uh, i wanted to talk about robocop 2 and yeah you made like that face at me when i mentioned it earlier that's fine so that kind of put me off Doing anything about Robocop 2, man. What am I what can I do? You could
1: do RoboCop 2. But here's the thing. I just
0: love cybernetically enhanced civil servants. That's all. <laughs> like, can I? Is it strange? It's it's just like a little behind the scenes. So instead, so he's gonna all this do research. You
1: could do Robocop 2. And then what I'll do is next week I'll do um the episode, the RoboCop episode of Bob's Burgers. <laughs> that way we can just bring it all back.
0: There's a RoboCop Bob's Burger. Yeah. I'm sure it's mildly amusing like every other episode of Bob's Burgers.
1: (laughs) It's got a cybernetic mustache. It's pretty solid. Mm. It is. You're the worst.
0: (laughs) Well, then I was going to divert and I was going to do, I was looking into who who invented the practice of modern day massage because, you know, you were asking about that the other day and there's not anything to it. It just turns out a guy was trying to get laid. That's how massage was born. So we'll just skip that that's that is that for real maybe <laughs> that's where our, massage came from our, that doesn't seem right I feel like it came
1: from like eastern healing culture well, I'm talking about
0: modern day massage like you know yeah I mean but massage has been around but yeah it, it turns out it just, it's just dudes trying, get it? just dudes it trying to get laid did you invent it just dudes trying to get laid did I invent massage yeah.
1: yeah i told i told my best friend yesterday i said i said something about being like stressed out because
0: i I was your best friend
1: i told Mm -hmm. my best female friend (laughs) yesterday something and and i was like oh i'm so stressed because i haven't mentioned this on the podcast but when this podcast comes out i will be recovering from surgery nothing major i'm just having some breast lumps removed so i was talking about how stressed out i am
0: non-cancerous non-cancerous breast lumps yes
1: so I um I was talking about, she's like, have Sean give you a back rub. I was like, oh, that'll immediately turn into sex. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, that's not what I'm
0: going for right now. Why does that work so well, though? Like, oh, are there no have, defenses? Have you
1: ever gotten a back rub? I try to rub your back. You laugh.
0: Yeah, I don't. You giggle. I don't carry stress at the same as you do, I don't I, think.
1: I carry it. Like, eventually, I'm going to be like Quasimodo. If, if I stop getting back rubs up, my whole back will just curl up. Like and I I'll carry go.
0: stress in my jaw and grind my teeth.
1: Yeah. I had a yeah, dream. But yeah, but you
0: give me a background, I just it, I just you burst out on. laughing. Yeah,
1: he does. He's like, <laughs> don't do that. It's like.
0: <laughs> it tickles.
1: Uh, yeah. I had a dream, though, that you went to a gypsy, and she said that you carry it in your groin, and if you would stop drinking coffee, that you wouldn't be so stressed. But it was also a dream.
0: Yeah, I was gonna so, say like I drink like four right. cups of coffee a year. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's having any effect on me.
1: Oh.
0: So anyway, so I finally landed on this backup, backup topic. I get the I'm getting the audience all revved up now.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we've we put the mix on RoboCop 2. If, Robo, if you want to for hear, if you want to hear RoboCop 2, go comment and let us know.
0: I, and that way, Sean knows. It's very it's, brief, and it's it's just kind of interesting because of how how rushed it well, was. We're already an hour production.
1: into the episode, so we have time for a brief one.
0: So, but I mean, if if I'm being honest, it's not terribly interesting. No, I can't imagine it would be. But at the same time, it's kind of interesting because of the circumstances it was made under.
1: Oh, well, yeah. See, that's an intriguing comment.
0: So. uh, All right. So it's either that or Escape from New York.
1: Oh, you're going to do Escape from New York?
0: Yeah, because that's another classic sci-fi movie that i that i love i was just going to talk a little bit about that you know what fuck it. i'm gonna do robocop too here i'm bringing around robocop i think you
1: should do robocop too
0: because i already did all the fucking research (laughs) and (laughs) by all the fucking research i got a page and a half
1: he's holding up a page and a half of handwritten
0: notes yes all right so we'll We'll
1: auction them off oh speaking of of stuff like that if you're not in our facebook group and you don't know we have stickers and magnets. And anyone who is a Patreon pledge by the 17th, July 17th, 2018, they will be getting both a magnet and some stickers sent to them. Um, Thank if, you so much, thank patrons. You, thank you so much. You guys are the best. And then afterwards, any patrons I can't ever. believe we have
0: patrons. Right. I can't believe we have listeners. Right. We have listeners, <laughs> we have patrons.
1: So after that, every single patron new patron will get a sticker but then the magnets will go up in the store i'm going to work on that when i'm recovering this week hopefully i can get it up for next week i don't know we'll see anyway back to robocop 2
0: all right so let's just uh just give some real quick backstory all right uh came out in 1990 i was 13 for most of that year so i'm just gonna as always kind of into my memories. I saw the standee for RoboCop 2 in the summer, like early summer, I believe, of 1990 when I decided I was going to go to the movie theater again after not having been there since 1983 to see Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I hadn't been, you know, I wasn't allowed to go to movies, but 1990 rolled around and Dick Tracy came to theaters. And again, going through the newspaper at my grandma's house, I decided I had to see this movie i had to find a way to get there so
1: so you went there
0: so i figured out i i i found the metro bus phone number i called and got some some uh route times yeah it's just
1: so much work yeah. nowadays you would have just opened up your cell phone and, and <clears throat> called right. uber
0: no i had to get i got metro's number Called them, asked, you know, for I needed to know the, the time, the schedules and and the bus numbers and everything. And I had to fit this all in.
1: Before she got home.
0: Before my mom got home and, you know, also know the cost and everything involved with riding a bus and have the money for the movie ticket and everything. It's all hard for a 13 year old to come by on the DL. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like without your that's, mom knowing. That's an intense amount of work. It was, but I really wanted, I loved movies. I loved cinematic adventures. And Dick Tracy was the thing that pushed me over to, to or that th- th- finally motivated me to to actually do something about it and go out and, and see a movie again. So anyway, so I go to see Dick Tracy, and I'm and it worked, too. Like, I, I pulled it off. This is my first time writing public transit. And, you know, and again, I'm 13. <laughs> it's not yeah. like New York, where there's just bus stops, and it's just like, you know, you're just kind of used to public transit. You know, this yeah. is a, a much smaller city. I thought I lived in the suburbs, remember? So, you really did. But... But anyway, so I, I figured everything out perfectly. I I got to the movie theater, you know. I had the I had the movie time, and here here's the dumbest part though, is I literally had exactly enough money for for bus fare and the movie, and that was it. Like I had no extra money in case I missed a bus or got on the wrong bus. I had yeah. it, and, and I did. I did it. I did it all perfectly, and I got home before my mom got home. She had no idea. That I had gone to see now, and, and I was like, "Man, I want, When I saw the RoboCop two, Standy, you and know, I, I was like, "Man, I really want to see that, but it's rated R, and like that was, you know, it's hard to get. Right, because you movie. need a
1: seventeen, you need right. a seventeen or whatever.
0: So, so anyway, yeah, that, that was, you know, I had seen RoboCop thanks to my my friend's dad who had rented it. So, and then when RoboCop two came out on video, he rented it. I, I got to see it anyway. I didn't get to see it in the theater. So anyway, it came out in nineteen ninety. It was directed by Irvin Kershner, who directed Empire Strikes Back. You mm-hmm. might remember which is like everybody's favorite Star Wars movie. So it sounds like it'd be, you know, an easy hit, <laughs> you'd think, right?
1: You'd think it'd be good. <laughs> think
0: it, and it was pretty good. And it was oh, written by Whalen Green and Waylon.
1: There's a name you don't actually I,
0: I'm not going to say who else it was written by yet. Um, what? We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I'll get to that explanation. Uh, OK, it came out June 22nd, 1990. So I'm guessing Dick Tracy came out. Probably like a couple weeks beforehand. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it couldn't have come out too much before that. Had a $35 million budget. Went on to gross about $45.7 million, So not exactly a big hit. Yeah, no. At the movie theater.
1: Hey, remember the Dick Tracy Nintendo game? I never played it. I did. I remember it
0: existed. It
1: was fucking great. It was a side-scroller. It was yeah. awesome. And I'm not saying go buy it for me, and then I'll never play it. You know what's a great like one that you that can Nintendo you can one. get
0: on modern consoles is Darkwing Duck. That's a great side scroller. let
1: get dangerous.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good side scroller, old school gameplay. Okay. All right, so I'm just going to go over the actual plot of the movie real quick. So, OCP Omni Consumer Products, they were kind of the villain, the, the corporate villain in the first movie. Mm-hmm. So, were the, they
1: still in the second?
0: Yes. So they plan to have this is this is great cuz it's like prescient almost. They plan to have the city default on its debt and then foreclose on the entire city. I don't know if you remember but back in 2013, Detroit filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> so Jesus Christ. This is yeah, RoboCop 2, some schlock B movie predicted that. So maybe maybe you could just tell back even back in the eighties and nineties, they were just like
1: This isn't going Detroit well. Detroit is
0: gonna they're going under. Like, they're Detroit's gonna have not to going do great. something. I'll just summarize it based on what I remember, which is there there's a new drug on the street called Nuke. They don't really explain what it does. That's one of
1: my biggest pet peeve words. Nuke. The fact that that would be a drug on the street would <laughs> infuriate me.
0: So there's a new drug on the street named Nuke. It That's is stop saying that. There's a, uh, it is made by a guy named Kane and his gang, which is uh, consists of Hob and Angie and a bunch of other people. They make. Hob
1: is gr- five.
0: No, he's like twelve or thirteen. Oh my
1: god, it's so unrealistic.
0: Yeah, well, no, it's. I'll, I'll get into that. I'm just I'm just giving you the basic basic of the plot here. So they they have you know, Detroit is, you know, on on the edge of ruin. The cops are striking. Everything this drug is going around and they decide they need another cybernetically enhanced police officer. So they come up with the RoboCop 2 program. The lady in charge, she's a psychologist, she decides that the, that the reason RoboCop was a success was just a fluke, that they got a good police officer. They're trying to do a RoboCop 2 thing with other police officers and it wasn't working out. They kept killing other people and killing themselves. It just wasn't <laughs> working out. So she gets the idea to put a criminal in there because the criminal. idea, her, her idea, it, it's ridiculous is that they can, you know, that this will be somebody that appreciates being in a powerful suit and, and being given long life and everything like that because they're, you know, she's talking about like death row criminals or whatever. So ultimately Kane gets taken down by Robocop. Kane ends up becoming the subject that they put into Robocop two. And then my my favorite thing about RoboCop 2 is that the end fight scene, a lot of it is stop motion animation of RoboCop and RoboCop 2 fighting each other. And it's fantastic. It's like a Ray Harryhausen nightmare. (laughs) It's it's fucking fantastic. I love it. It's stop motion. Somebody has to go in there and move, you know, little tiny RoboCop around, you know, 24 times per second to create this whole fight scene. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so it had a, a pretty convoluted development. So the original creative team uh, on the first movie, which was John Davison, Ed Newmyer, Michael Miner, and Paul Verhoeven, they Orion Pictures wanted them to do it, and to do what? To do RoboCop two, to do oh. the sequel. Uh, and they were they were going to do it. They were on board initially. John Davison stayed on board. However, they lost the other three. Ed Neumeyer and Michael Miner, they lost because. There was a Writer's Guild strike. So they had to, they were in the Writer's Guild, they had to go on strike. So they lost their their key writers, their cre- creative influences. Right. Paul Verhoeven just, he didn't, a combination of not wanting to do a sequel and also not wanting, you know, when they lost the creative team, he, he, he especially lost interest, but he, he just didn't want to be saddled with doing it. He didn't do a lot, any sequels that I know of. You know what I mean? He made a, yeah. lot, of, a lot of movie Starship Troopers, Basic Instinct, The Hollow Man. Total Recall, but he never did a sequel to those movies, you know? So anyway, Orion was in Financial Dire Straits in 1988. I don't know if you remember, but RoboCop came out in 1987. It it was a surprise hit. Made like over $50 million.
1: But Why were they in bad shape a year later?
0: Because they had a string of failures (laughs) (laughs) in between there. So they invested money in movies that did not perform well. RoboCop was the fluke. So they decided... They needed two RoboCop sequels, ASAP. Yeah. So that's always good to make hasty decisions like yeah, that, Yeah, right?
1: that's, that's wise. Yeah. I wish I was in business in the 80s. <laughs> I would have been so much better. <laughs> well, notice there. that you don't <laughs>
0: see the Orion Pictures logo anymore when a movie starts up.
1: Oh, I remember Orion Pictures. Yeah.
0: Like they did so Yeah, they did a lot of good stuff. So anyway, so. Someone
1: mismanaged that money. They
0: were given nine months to make RoboCop 2, and they didn't even have a script yet. So this explains a lot about why RoboCop two was not nearly as good as it could have been. So yeah. they have nine months to get a script and get a cast and crew together. So, you know, John Davison is still a producer and he, he's doing what he can. Um, now, the, the again, the writer's guild is on strike, so he has to look outside the writer's guild. So he ends up going to a guy named Frank Miller.
1: Oh, is that the guy you wouldn't tell me earlier? Yes. Okay
0: frank miller and again this is you know 1989 uh he had written he was a comic book writer he is a comic book writer in 1986 he wrote a very influential highly regarded comic series called the dark knight returns which is a batman comics it's set in with, with batman being retired in his late 50s possibly early 60s, and then he comes out of retirement for this. And it, it's a fantastic story. I highly recommend it.
1: Didn't he write 300?
0: He did. He wrote 300. He wrote Sin City. Mm-hmm. But at this point, all he did was comics. He wasn't involved in movies. This was his first time he was going to be involved in a movie. And it's also one of the first times that, that a, a movie studio went to comic book creators to get talent, which is pretty cool.
1: They didn't have a choice. There were no other writers available.
0: Well, yeah. they wrote it himself, but you know, he, he knew better than that. But yeah, he, he loved Dark Knight Returns, basically. it's like, well, let's get this Frank Miller guy. So he brings on Frank Miller. And then they get Irving Kirshner to direct. And at this that point... That name
1: is so funny to me.
0: Irving Kirshner.
1: I was like... <laughs> That's what it sounds like you're doing with your mouth.
0: So uh, Kirshner and Miller now have about... Two weeks for pre-production. Mm, okay. They're normally pre-production is four to eight weeks, but it can be even longer.
1: Yeah, two weeks. That sounds solid.
0: Two weeks. To come this up explains with a,
1: a lot of what the movie. Yeah, like, and that's to why I think movie. it's interesting.
0: Like when you know people are, including me, when you when you kind of bash a movie, you don't always know the circumstances it was made under. You know, it's, it's not like Star Wars where they have tons of money to funnel into it. You know what I mean? Where it's a guaranteed hit. The this new is a, Star Wars. This is a movie studio on the brink, desperate. So, you know, they're, they're just trying to get this out, trying to save save themselves while they can. So
1: which they didn't do.
0: So Frank Miller was on set for this movie every day, literally rewriting the movie every day, yep. which is unheard of. Like, that's not that's not good. I mean, he had to do rewrites on his own. Now, w- what's cool is they adapted his original screenplay into a comic book. Yeah. So it's called Frank Miller's. Robocop 2, like, and you can get the complete omnibus on Amazon or wherever. So, an omnibus, they they adapted it so you can actually read and you can see what they actually kept from his original script and what they changed. So, and, and some stuff is exactly the same, what some do you stuff would have been better. Different. So, I liked the comic because it really pressed the violence a lot yeah. and it. I mean, and again, you could see some of the tone of the movie. The, the movie is very comic book tone, like from the very opening scene and everything. But the, the comic book's, are, you know, a lot more violent. Um, RoboCop has, gets like a machine gun arm at one point, which I think they did in RoboCop 3. But I, I probably won't do RoboCop 3 because that movie's just really bad.
1: I have never seen it.
0: We'll watch it. I have no.
1: it, of course.
0: <laughs> I have the collector's edition, of course. No, thank you. So we can watch that. We can rectify. rated PG-13. Peter Weller wasn't in it.
1: Sounds great.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, he's doing daily rewrites the the cast is, isn't happy with the script. Irving Kershner doesn't like the script, <laughs> like, as, And so they're just changing it on the fly.
1: Like nobody likes this script. Yeah. Like, they're and, making but, it and meanwhile, anyway. Yeah. Orion is just choice. like, we
0: got we got to make this money. They, they brought Phil Tippett back. I don't know if you remember it, but he handled the Ed 209 in the first movie.
1: Oh, yeah, that guy.
0: So he handled the animatronics and, and puppetry and everything. And he later went on to work on like Jurassic World.
1: I can't imagine having to do like puppetry and stuff on a crunch time limit. Oh my God. Like that field, that sounds like the most stressful work environment. Like I'd rather disarm bombs. Like I can't do, I can't do.
0: Well, speed It puppetry. gets better because Phil Tippett says at one point he got conjunctivitis. And then a week later he got a cold. And then a week later he was on one of the pneumatic devices they were using for effects and it malfunctioned and, slammed him into a wall and he broke a rib <laughs> so this is a very
1: like this movie's cursed you guys.
0: <laughs> like so much goes into making that's what movies. happens
1: when you make the the lead villain 12 years old it
0: was not he was not kane was the lead villain hob and that was the other thing like the the whole thing with the with hob being the villain was such a weird choice to let this this 12 13 year old kid take over this gang after, you know, like
1: you do. You just take yeah. over gangs.
0: And he does. He just successfully takes over. And then, you know, Robocop doesn't kill him simply because he's a kid. Yeah. Like, he has no problem killing anybody else. But this Hop kid, you know, he's this hob, He's like swearing. He is shooting everybody <laughs> like he is super violent.
1: I'm trying to find out the actor's name.
0: Yeah, I, don't, I can't remember his name.
1: He looks like.
0: He always reminded me of the kid. Uh, and I can't remember his name either, but he was in Sin City and he was in Terminator 3. That's who he kind of reminds me of, but I don't think it's the same guy. He played that yellow bastard in Sin City.
1: Oh, that guy. Yeah, no, I don't know.
0: But no, he kind of has the same eyes.
1: I like, I have no idea. He plays John Connor
0: in Terminator 3.
1: I'm guessing it's this guy, Gabriel Damon. Yeah, that's him. Oh, okay, because he's 40, he's 42 now. He was literally the same
0: age as you. That's what I said. He looked like to be, and I, I remember... When I saw it, I was like, this is, as a kid, I was like, this is ridiculous. Who's going to let a kid, nobody would let me run a gang. (laughs) Why would you let this kid run your gang?
1: Yeah, he, he worked, um, he only worked up until like 2006 and then he retired.
0: I don't remember seeing him in anything else other than RoboCop 2. He was in
1: Newsies.
0: I never saw Newsies. But
1: most everything was like voiceover work. He was in Tailspin, Little Nemo. I saw Tailspin, I watched Tailspin. The Little Mermaid, like he did, he did a lot of. Voiceover stuff.
0: Dude, you saying the Little Mermaid made me think of something, which is the the whole thing with the way cinema is going right now. Yeah, where everything is big superhero movies being remade. <laughs> well, it, it's a lot of remakes. It's a lot of superhero movies, but it's a lot of big budget stuff. And you know, back in the nineties when I went to the theater a lot, and even in, in the early two thousands, you could go see All stuff with smaller budgets. Yeah, there, you know.
1: You didn't. Have, you had money to do it because tickets were three dollars.
0: Exactly. Like tickets have gone up, like four hundred percent or something. But the home video market has stayed the same. Like basically, you know, I remember seeing like Little Mermaid and Batman are probably the first home video releases I remember seeing like in a store. And I remember they were like nineteen ninety nine, and that's how much Blu rays are nineteen ninety nine. They they haven't gone up. I remember.
1: I thought I remember when DVDs came out, and for a while at the very beginning, right? Right? DVDs They're always higher. Expensive. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my God, I'm never going to be able to afford to buy movies again." And then right. they came right back down.
0: Dude, that RoboCop DVD I bought, and it was also Criterion Collection. They always charged a premium anyway. That was like that was like a thirty-five dollar DVD or something at the
1: time. My that's how my Toy Story two disc was when Toy yeah. Story one and two came out on DVD. Yeah,
0: well, it was, was like, two movies though, too.
1: Yeah, it was like it was like a forty dollar thing. Good story. Wait, is there more to it?
0: Oh, not really. Oh, that's okay. all I <laughs> had. So it was short, and there's not. What was it wasn't like fantastic, which are, I'm just obsessed with RoboCop. I'm very excited that, you know, that our podcast has made this, this sequel possible. So
1: Yeah, you guys are welcome. We're right? pretty sure that was all us.
0: Also, if it sucks, uh, don't refer back to me. <laughs> <laughs> but fingers crossed, got a good creative team on it. So hopefully, and it's, got that, oh, and on Twitter, I follow Neil Blomkamp on Twitter. And, you know, people started bombarding him with questions. And, they're you know, is it going to be satirical? Is it going to have, you know... Uh, you know, political point of view is going to have tons of bloody squibs, and he's like, "Yes, it's going to have all that stuff in it." So it's he a gets bloody it. squib. The squibs, the the little packs of fake blood they put on people. Oh, like in the original movie, how they put like Paul Verhoeven was always having people. When I was watching the behind the scenes, they were the actors were saying like, you know, I had squibs attached to me before, but I'd never had this many attached. There were so many attached to me that they physically hurt when they went off. Like, yeah, so that's funny. That that that's gonna be that's gonna be part of the movie. Uh, that, that's good. That's but also remember, I was also excited for Disney to acquire Lucasfilm, and look how that turned out. So you're I'm, excited I'm not for always,
1: Aquaman. I mean, I am not excited for Aquaman.
0: <laughs> I will never be excited for Aquaman.
1: You love Aquaman.
0: I, I'm somewhat excited because I just think it'll be really good material for the show for us to. Or, or again, it'll it'll change minds. I'm not a I'm not averse to that. I can have my mind changed.
1: Do you really think it's going to change minds?
0: I hope so. I really I hope it's like Han Solo. And again, Han Solo's not amazing, but because I had such low expectations, I really enjoyed it. You know, it's a, it's a good solid movie.
1: I've got super low expectations.
0: Aquaman oh, it's just there's. I don't care who you cast. There, he is
1: handsome. He's a handsome man. Yeah, that's not a selling point. And did, to me.
0: he's a handsome man. And also, but he also appeals to, to like to people like me. He's he's rugged. He, you know what I mean. He he's not a, a pretty boy.
1: like you, you love eyeliner.
0: I don't love eyeliner. <laughs> I'm not <don't love laughs> for eyeliner. What I'm did just, I, Didn't I wear eyeliner for some reason, or did you just put it on me? Oh
1: my god! One time when oh, it was I was terrible. I was like 19, and he was like 23.
0: Were you trying to make me look like Johnny Depp in Pirates of the and Caribbean was, or something? No,
1: I just wanted to do your makeup. It was before YouTube was a thing or I would have recorded it. But <laughs> I just wanted to do your makeup because you have pretty eyes. And I was like, oh, and oh, like, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. But I so I wanted to put eyeliner on you, but I used waterproof. <laughs> and You couldn't get and it. I off didn't know anything
0: your... about eyeliner. So, yeah, that was a nightmare.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was like, like, it I got, was like a terrible.
0: fucking brillo pad in my eye socket trying to get this shit off.
1: <laughs> he looked great
0: he looked, <laughs> he's, he's a beautiful I'm, I'm sure I did but anyway he's but no, a Jason Momoa man. is like I like Jason Momoa a lot I like I eyeliner
1: on men yeah, I, Gerard I, Way, Johnny Depp
0: Yeah, you, Jason you do. Momoa Yeah, but I, I think he's a good actor but at the same time you you can't make Aquaman cool I don't care who you fucking cast I don't know
1: his has pretty cool Aquaman. So, no I think it's going to be I think it's going to be garbage yeah All right, so that's everything for this week. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe. Yes, please. If you are interested in becoming a patron, you can do so at patreon.com slash couple goals podcast. And like I said, if you do it before the 17th, I'm sending out all kinds of or the 17th up to that day because I'm going to be pretty hopped up on pain meds the 16th and 17th. But the 18th, I should be getting some of my senses back and I'm going to be packaging stuff up. And sending it on out to all, everybody who pledges before that date. It's pretty exciting. I got all the mailers doing all my own stuff. <laughs> Soon in the next couple of months, we hope to have some T-shirts. So weigh in if you have yeah, any I'm, ideas I'm of other help merch.
0: With that stuff, like I can handle that stuff. I can't just can't handle the, the computer side. Of oh,
1: this. Sean's gonna help. He's gonna be he's gonna be our production manager. I said a, I'm gonna
0: help. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not managing anything. I'll be more of you know just a, like a gopher. Just whatever you need Sweet. me to do yeah you
1: can pick that stuff up on tuesday and then you can take it to the post office <laughs>
0: yeah oh well, that was the plan
1: maybe we can get that stamps.com money
0: stamps.com baby stamps.com.
1: <laughs> i don't actually have an account with them no but i would get one if they would sponsor me all right that's everything anything, thanks guys anything else
0: no that's all i got
1: all right bye forever bye. no just kidding bye till next week